Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. You're listening to Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. My name is Layla, and we're so happy to have you here with us this morning. Before we get into the world, I'd like to take a moment and pray. Lord, we thank you for today. We thank you for another wonderful opportunity to come to your word, Lord, to grow and mature in the things that you have for us, Lord, that we're able to be those giants that you called us to be in the spirit, Lord, that we're able to fight the good fight of faith, Lord, and come out victorious. We thank you for this time with our partners and listeners, Lord, and we thank you for the blessing that's upon us, Lord, as your children. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone. We are excited to have you with us and especially to get into the word we're continuing our study in the book of hebrews in chapter 9 verses 1 through 10 so i'd like to encourage you whether it's your first time joining us or you're rejoining us to just take a moment pause the episode and read through that section of scripture to make it easier to follow along in the discussion amen amen all right and this time the floor is open to give each of you the opportunity to share what holy spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you may have so who'd like to begin i would all right charles okay i would like to read from verse six now when these things had had been thus prepared the priests always went into the first part of the tabernacle performing the services but into the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins, committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit indicating this, that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make him who performed the service per- perfect in regard to the conscience. Now stop there. We talked briefly um, about how this, the sacrifices, they couldn't help the person's conscience, essentially, meaning that mm-hmm. they still recognized what they did, even though it was covered by the blood of bulls and goats at that point. Whereas we know Jesus, that he covered both of that. He covered the conscience and he covered the actual acts. But what the Lord was talking to me about is that what we see here... Um, is that while these places were holy and while he had given them, um, he had shown them how to make them, essentially. Mm-hmm. He allowed them to build. Like where Zerubbabel, he allowed him to go and complete the temple. Mm-hmm. If the Lord had wanted it not to be made, he would have stopped it. Mm-hmm. So what we also see is that while he, there is a separation between it, between the two um, parts of it, whereas one was the, regular man's place where the regular priest could go walk around and do what they had to do daily Mm -hmm. there was a place where you can only go once a year but Mm -hmm. what we also see is that paul is um the holy spirit through paul is also talking about how we're no longer bound by just going to the lord once a year Mm -hmm. and that's when we just when we talk to the lord that's all we get and then we're closed off from him and no longer have a relationship or we have to go through someone else to go and do that but what we have to understand is that while these the actually 
let me back up for a second. At this point, we know the temple is still built and the veil is still torn. Um, mm-hmm. When Jesus died, they haven't. They didn't go back to fix it. Okay. They couldn't have fixed it. Mean, meaning that because it was the holy of holy place in which it was the Ark of the Covenant, they could not have gone in to go tear it down. It had to remain in its place. Because, um, Mom, you're looking at me kind of strangely. So, so I would ask you, why? Why could it not be fixed? Mm-hmm. First, it was symbolic of what the Lord had done, and there's nothing man can do to undo that. Also, the fact is that they couldn't go over there. What happened in the first, well, in the first copy, the tabernacle and in Solomon's temple? Weren't these curtains like 40 feet tall? They're very thick. They were very mm-hmm. thick and tall, yes. But the more important part of this is the Holy of Holies is where the presence of the Lord dwelt. Yes. And... Uh, it was it was known. It was made clear, right? There was pillars of smoke and everything else, right? That came down. We used to thought of both, or we read about it in mm-hmm. both the tabernacle and in Solomon's temple. When he prayed and they dedicated the temple, right? Yes. But now the veil is torn, as you just pointed out. So what is symbolic of the veil being torn? Separation between man and God was gone. Okay. But also signified, what about the presence of the Lord concerning that specific location? That he's no longer in there? There it is. So So they could have fixed it. It would not have mattered. And more than likely, if they were going through all that effort to try to act like Jesus didn't exist and like he wasn't raised from the dead, they hung up another curtain. And they probably noticed that people went in, but they didn't die. They didn't need the rope tied around their waist any longer. They probably still tied didn't it around their waist. Didn't need to be a high priest or the, the high priest just once a year, right? Anybody so, could enter because that's what Jesus did. Right? The, the, the symbolism here, if you will, example, type, shadow, pattern, whatever pattern example, whatever way you want to phrase it. Is what Paul is getting at. So he's just talking in previous chapters about... Jesus is the great high priest, right? And all this is about him. Exactly. Not about what we do, but it's about what he has done. He went into the Holy of Holies. He is the mediator of the better covenant. He's also the sacrificial lamb. His blood is sprinkled, if you will, on the mercy seat. In heaven. In heaven, Mm -hmm. exactly, for us. He tore the veil as the great high priest without spot wrinkle or blemish making a way because he's also the way the truth and the life that we as joint heir or sons and daughters of god or the most high god and joint heirs with christ all have now direct access to the father through christ to come boldly. and what he's done to come boldly before him mm-hmm. with all our requests petitions whatever it is in so- our sins it's not just once a year we can come whenever. Moment by moment. Exactly. We can dwell in his presence. Now, I think something that, and we'll read about that as we continue through chapter nine, what you were just talking about, darling. Mm-hmm. But something to understand is that what made the holies of holy, holy was God. Yes. Not yeah. the people showing up because didn't they show up for Baal yes. and Asherah and Molech? They showed up. 
and did all these same things. They mm-hmm. even took the utensils of God to those places. They brought idols into... How would they get them if they could not enter in and then defile the sanctuary or the Holy of Holies? And I mean, and at various times, they they have they demonstrated those things throughout time. But what made these places important was the presence of God. So, of course, God is going to stay on his course, right? Naturally, I mean... That's our, that should be our expectation that God knows what, why he's doing what he's doing, what he's doing and the purpose that it serves and when his transition points are in play. So naturally he's going to follow what he's doing and that go just because you keep showing up with this rope tied around your waist and you keep coming on this specific day and doing these things. Do I recognize it because you showed up? No, I recognize it because he's the one who initiated it. Right. And, um, you know, like keeping the the proper perspective of how God sees things will help mm-hmm. us clearly understand. The father knew that he sent the son at the appointed time and he knew that the veil would be torn. God tore the veil. Amen. Right? Yes. Because that was his dedicated, right? And he sent the forerunner to go, hey, things are about to transition. Here's the lamb, John the Baptist. Yes declaring and pointing to the transition God was making so that everyone could stay on the same trajectory with God. And and exemplifying in Christ what was declared from the beginning. There's only one that can enter in, that can make this way for you. Not just a high priest, but the great high priest in Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's the only one that can do this. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, if everyone else comes in and they have sin, they perish. Every other high priest, right? Mm-hmm. The the law, the rule, the example was for everyone, but there was only one that was perfect, without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, no sin, ever, and that is Jesus the Christ, mm-hmm. the our great and high priest. The temple was made for him, exactly to reflect him. Yes, right. So naturally, I mean, I would say naturally, but I mean. We should expect that and understand that God is remaining faithful to his word and to his plan and his his desire. Mm-hmm. Just something else you want to say, sweetheart? Yes, mommy. All right, go for it. And as um, as you and dad have stated, we have to understand that, and as you had said, mommy, that they, that the various points in history, they had no longer used the temple what it was supposed to be used for. They had mm-hmm. um, gone in and done things that they should not have, which, as we see inside of ezekiel or the lord takes them and causes them to dig through the wall he saw that they're offering incense to idols in there and once we understand and also with i think it was amnon um yes i forget what his father's name was who was before him and how they had set up um idols inside the holy of holies to provoke the lord to anger and they had gone and defiled his sanctuary so what we also see here is that the uh that the holy spirit through paul is also pointing out to the fact that if these traditions were as important to the people as they were proclaiming it was why would they do a di- something different it's kind of dead. like one of your questions how can it be both how can it be both they it's were impossible yes That'd be hypocritical yes they were caught up inside the temple and quote unquote doing what the Lord wanted them to do inside of it, but they were their hearts were not there. As soon as it looked like the Lord was no longer going to look out for them or 
they could do whatever they wanted. They wanted to go and do that. No, it was never that it seemed like God wasn't going to look out. It it seemed in their mind that God was not watching their sin and that there would be no penalty or consequence of sin. So they waited till they were raised up to a high point and then turned their back on God and said, now we can do whatever we want to do. And that's not just, it's not just this group of people. That's human nature, 100%. And it's absolutely not connected to their uh, genetics. It is sin nature, aside that, from saying sin nature. Let's understand but that, that unfold. It's not just that I want to do whatever I want to do. It's, as you were just saying, I want to not experience this, the consequences of my actions. So what did they do? They deceived themselves or in their minds and or removed the mechanisms for accountability. Kill the prophets. Or, or whatever um, the case is thinking now there are no consequences for my actions so if nobody says i'm wrong then no i can't be held accountable but now here we have jesus the great high priest and sacrificial lamb who has put down his blood as the only way you can and not avoid accountability not remove the mechanisms but that grace can be extended to you he's a city of refuge he is exactly because he you have to bring it under his blood mm-hmm. whatever that is not that there still won't be consequences but he can extend grace and he f- can throw those things in the sea of forgetfulness so we are not judged and condemned for them amen so the highest consequence would be Eternal separation from the Lord. Eternal separation from the Lord. Absolutely. That's the highest consequence. So his blood redeems us from that. And his blood is also able to stop the full weight because the penalty of sin is naturally dying as well. So he is also able to save us from those things. Now, we don't try to use his blood as a a vain shield. Like I'm going to commit the sin and I'm going to run in. I'm standing on the outside of the city of refuge and then i'm gonna dance back and forth and try to play chicken with can you catch me fast enough before i get back in here right can the consequences yes. catch me for no we're not doing that we don't take the liberty that we have in christ jesus as an opportunity to commit more sin that's not how we live because then for that person there is no redemption from sin because they put the lord to an open shame again right yes okay so god is gracious and we should expect to walk and that he is a faithful judge and that he loves us. Yes, right. Lily, you had something sweeter. Oh, uh, Lachero's covered it very nicely when you were talking about the things found within the, the ark, like the manna and mm-hmm. Aaron's rod that budded and the tablets. Uh, yes. The tablets. Mm-hmm. And from a slightly, I'd say different perspective, Lachar, as you mentioned, how those things embodied the Lord, but it also shows what we have within the covenant that we have with him because they were put inside the Ark of the Covenant. covenant. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. now when we enter into covenant with intimate relationship with the Father, we have access to the manna, and we're not calling it what is it as if it's some strange food. We know what it is. It's the goodness of God. It's his eternal life. He is the bread of life. Mm -hmm. Aaron's rod that budded is the way that the Lord showed me. That was actually his staff when we read in the, I believe it's Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, Mm -hmm. and he Mm -hmm. and his rod and his staff, they comfort me. Mm -hmm. So we see that there. And then the tablets of the covenant or the Ten Commandments as they were referenced at that particular time, thou shall not 
steal, kill, and, you know, all the Ten Commandments. But referencing that to Deuteronomy 28, if you obey the voice of the Lord your God today, these blessings will overtake you. That's actually what that's embodying. Mm-hmm. Lots of times we get confused and think the Lord is always saying, you can't do this, you can't do that, don't do this, don't do that. But when he's saying, what he's saying is, do this, you can do this, you can do that. And because you're doing this, this is the the benefit to it. These are the doors, the spiritual doors that you're opening to me legally to bless your life and the life of your children and your children's mm-hmm. children to the third and fourth generation. So it's important um, mm. as you, the Charles, mommy and dad have been saying that we understand what the Lord is trying to do. That way we're able to fully partake of it, not in a selfish way, as in it's all about me. I'm in the center of the universe, but taking um, the Lord at his word because he said he was going to do this. So we might as well as walk within the divine order, going back to uh Verse 1 of chapter 9, the covenant had ordinances of divine service and the earthly sanctuary, but we're translating it to the spiritual because the spiritual comes first and then the natural. Amen. So we live in supernatural divine order, and because of that, we see the divine play out in the natural instead of um, having to suffer, as you mentioned, Mommy, the consequences of sin the entire time that we're here making our choice because the Lord had the Lord Jesus had already redeemed us from those curses. So if we're living in them and we're experiencing them, that's because we're not right with him. Somewhere along the line, we have deviated and done our own thing. And it's a reminder. The Holy Spirit through Paul is reminding us that while you're still here, you have the opportunity to turn back. But the only way you can figure out where you went wrong is to first come seek him. Without him, there's no way you're going to find out where the error was made because you I know for my own life, I think I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. I've done it all right. Mm-hmm. And so just so we can understand this, how the Lord loves us and he guides us. Do you remember back in the beginning when Cain was angry and the Lord said, hey, sin's at the door and its desire is to have you or mm-hmm. to destroy you. That's really what the context of what he's, he's saying to him there. And um, he said, but you should rule over it. Don't indulge it. And then after... Cain said, you're just trying to hold me back, God. You just don't want to respect me. That's the Kamisha version. Um, And then he killed his brother. And then God said, okay, now that you've done this, here's what you have attached yourself to Mm -hmm. and attached to you. And then Cain said, it's too much for me to bear. Aha, I I can't endure this consequence that I have garnered for myself. What will I do? Right? So that's God is saying, you can't... You can't bear the penalty of sin. So don't engage with it. You can't take what it's going to bring to your life. So don't go there. Don't engage with it and stay here with me. Stay on on the life path so that way you can enjoy all the blessing and benefit thereof and sin will not touch you. But we think, oh, you're trying to hold me back from fun. I don't think Cain was looking at that with fun. And David, after he had his little run-in with Bathsheba, and literally a sword went through his house indefinitely. Now Christ, okay, was the, the change and brought life, but you see what happened to his immediate household after he released that sin into his own life and his own legacy and how devastating mm-hmm. that was to him. He could not bear the consequences of what he had done. So well, neither it, can we. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Neither can we. Glory to God in that. That's why we take the way of life 
and stay on the path of life with him. Amen. And, and to bring it back to the temple, right? We brought this up uh, towards the end of the previous episode. The Lord always intended that we were to be his temple, that he was to live and dwell the fullness of the Godhead, living and dwelling in us. Well, in this episode, we were talking about what made it distinguishable, even the Holy of Holies in the temple. The presence or the glory of the Lord was visible to all, right? Yes. yes. So we should ask ourselves, is the presence or glory of the Lord in our life observable? There was no question that the Lord was in the camp when it was a tent of meeting. There was no question that the Lord was in Solomon's temple. It could be seen for great distances. It was easily known and recognizable. Is that how the Lord is in our life? We as his temple, you for yourself and me for myself and right? Or have we engaged in sin? Have we defiled the temple? And limited or mitigated the presence and glory of the Lord shining in and through us to be observable by all. And I know it's a, it's a deep, it's a heavy, weighty question to which we need to examine ourselves with. But what do we desire more? The presence of the Lord or whatever that thing is that is Diminishing the Lord's glory shining forth through us here in this life. Hmm. Let's let's get back into alignment with the Lord for any of those things. Let's uproot them from our lives and let's allow the Lord to shine through us as his temple. The temple made without human hands, but created by God. Amen? Amen. All right. We're going to pause there for today. So with that, can I get a volunteer to close us out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we thank you for the good things that we have in you. Lord, we thank you that you satisfy us with the bread of life, Lord, so that we never go hungry again, that you give us the, the waters of eternal life, Lord, so that we're never thirsty again either, Lord. We thank you for your rod that guides us, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth and shows us things to come, Lord. And we thank you most of all for your word, Lord, that it's infallible, Lord, and that you have contained within it everything pertaining to life and godliness. So we thank you for this time again in the in the word, Lord, and we just thank you for your immense faithfulness and love towards us. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' amen. almighty name, amen. And amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And have a wonderful day. Want to know more about a day of prayer? Sign up for our newsletter where you'll get the latest updates on the ministry, inspiring messages, and coupon codes for the merch shop. Visit our website, adayofprayer.org. Click on connect in the menu bar and complete the form. Be sure to check the box that says subscribe. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. 
We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.